Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. A little off tonight, it's, I, I'm always disoriented when I don't have a deacon with me. Uh, it just throws me off. And then to not have, we didn't have servers assigned. These two guys, they jumped up to serve, which was great. So like, I've not had a mass without incense in forever. So I'm, I, I might start swinging my arm at things. So I don't know what's going to happen. All right. I was so struck. Uh, I was so struck listening to that psalm. Our beautiful choir over here, ladies, you did such a good job. But I was so struck listening to that psalm. And I just felt that truth. Lord, this is the people that longs to see your face. This is the people that longs to see your face. I have been so moved over the last, you know, my, my third year now here at Sacred Heart. Just the faith of this parish is so beautiful. You are so good, uh, this people here. I've been so moved at, you know, hours of the night when I've come into... Um, grab a host because I've got to bring communion to someone in the hospital and I'm, I come in and there's people kneeling in front of the Blessed Sacrament all hours of the night, all hours of the day. This is the people that longs to see your face, Lord. Of course, friends, today we celebrate the solemnity of all saints. All of those saints who are obviously the canonized saints. We all know many of those saints. We got our own patrons and patronesses. We got the canonized saints. But this is also the feast day in which we celebrate all of those uncanonized souls who are still home in heaven, those souls, those unnamed saints who are there nevertheless, who will likely never be canonized, right? All those men and women who lived ordinary hidden lives of holiness, that's who we're celebrating today. Ordinary husbands, ordinary wives, ordinary folks, ordinary single people, or just good parish priests, good religious sisters, wonderful people who lived essentially anonymous but holy lives, committing themselves to loving God and loving their neighbor. Because that's who is also home, not just the canonized saints. I think about the life of blessed Franz Jägerstadter. He was one of the first conscientious objectors in the, the Second World War. He was an, a man from Austria. His life is uh, chronicled in a beautiful movie by Terence Malick. I know I've preached about this before, but the movie's called A Hidden Life. Anyway, at the end of the film... Scrolling up through the credits comes this quote. It says this, that the growing good of the world is partly dependent on unhistoric acts and that things are not so ill with you and me as they might have been is half owing to the number who lived faithfully a hidden life and rest in unvisited tombs. I often think about that quote when I'm visiting cemeteries and how many people, how many of these names here etched into stone. How many of these people are uncanonized saints in glory? I just, we won't know until we're home. Nobody visits these tombs in the, you know, no one makes pilgrimage to these sites. Their graves haven't been turned into shrines. And yet the way that they lived and loved, because of all of that, because of the way they sacrificed, because of the way they forgave, the way they made Jesus the harmonizing center of their lives, because of all of that, they're in glory. They're home. Or I think also of that line from G.K. Chesterton who said that the most extraordinary thing in the world is an ordinary man and an ordinary woman and their ordinary children. Like what this solemnity is celebrating is not just simply huge, heroic, 
like all-stars of the church, it's also celebrating the anonymous saints among us. That's who we're celebrating. That's who today commemorates all saints. Not just those who are martyrs, not those, just those who are foreign missionaries. Uh, yeah, they're awesome, and there's statues adorned, basilicas, but I mean, most of us, let's just face it, most of us won't have statues adorning basilicas in our honor. I mean, I'd like to think that, you know, they got to get my hair just right. Anyway, we're talking about anonymous saints, people with jobs, people who paid bills, people who, while in this life, they struggled with doubts and fears and insecurities, people who were wounded as kids and dealt with their own stuff throughout their lifetime. I'm talking about men and women who paid their taxes, who were part of PTO. I'm talking about moms and dads who drove their kids around from practice to practice. I'm talking about people whose faith held on at different points in their lives by a tiny thread, just like you and me. Those are the people we're talking about, saints who in this life had special recipes and special decorations and had their own voice and laugh and handwriting, right? Holiness, friends, holiness is the ordinary vocation of every single person. I know you've heard this before. You can't be a Catholic alive and have not heard this, that every single one of us is called to be a saint. It's one of those phrases that just like, you know, the phrase, God loves you, we just say it so often, we hear it so often, it just kind of loses its punch or it just becomes kind of, I don't know, furniture in the, the Catholic imagination. It's just there. But we are, that's, that's the truth though. We are called by God to be saints. We're called by God to cooperate with grace in such a way that throughout the course of our lifetime, we become the kind of creature that is capable, capable of living in the presence of God for all eternity. Like if heaven, put it this way, if heaven is an aquatic environment in this lifetime, we have to grow gills by grace. Now look, none of us yet are ready for that. None of us yet are ready to be in the presence of glory for all eternity. You know how I know that? Because we're all still alive. We're still here. We're still works in progress that God still has purifying and polishing to do. And God willing, if we die in an imperfect state of grace, that polishing will be continued in purgatory, but we are created to be saints. Just as, This is a, just a question. How many of us live with that end in mind? How many of us live with that goal in mind? Like there's a lot of things that we can do with our life, but there's only one real sadness in life, and it's to not become a saint. Right? How tragic for someone to climb the ladder of success in this life only to discover that it was put against the wrong wall. We're called to be saints. I think what happens, though, in the minds of most of us, maybe when we hear that phrase, you're called to be a saint, I think we automatically think probably two things. One, I can't do that because I'm just not holy enough. And secondly, I don't think I'm capable of changing that much. I want to look at those two objections. I think these are both based on false images and false assumptions. Look, the saints, friends, the saints weren't like pre-packaged, manufactured, perfect people, right? Those images of holy cards where like there's like birds chirping around Francis's head and like it looks like he's floating on a cloud bank, right? Those porcelain images are not, that's not reality. They were very real people with very huge personalities, and real foibles. 
Like, if you, you read the lives of the saints, you just, you see how, one, how different they all are, but how human they all are. Like, you read a biography of St. Jerome. Every single biographer of St. Jerome mentions how, this is the word, every single biography mentions how cantankerous he was. I mean, that's not an everyday word. But everybody notices, everybody comments on, yeah, he, was, he had an angry personality. Or I love the stories of St. Thomas Aquinas. This guy loved food so much that he was a pretty substantial man. So much so that they had to cut an arch out of the table for his belly to fit into it. Now that is a saint that I can get behind. After Therese of Lisieux was, was becoming popular and famous, they started doctoring her photos because she was a little bit portly too. And you can't have a rotund saint, you know. But they were totally human, totally human. They weren't perfect people. They were just men and women who discovered that the secret to happiness, the secret to joy, is to allow Jesus into the depth of my life. They discovered that Perfect holiness is having all of my junk perfectly opened up to the perfect, merciful love of Jesus. They discovered that they could be loved perfectly. Secondly, this whole issue of I'd have to change so much to become a saint. Okay, in some ways yes and in some ways no. In some ways yes and in some ways no. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that probably still has to go and has to be purified. But if you think that, that your vocation, for example, your state in life where you happen to be is an obstacle to your holiness, it's, it's not. It's actually the fertile seedbed in which God has planted you to call forth your personal holiness. This is what I mean. Like, are you a mom with kids? Great. That's, exa- that's the exact place, that's the exact setting within which God wants to make you a saint. And those of you who are moms with kids, you know that that's a very saint-making endeavor, right? Love is patient, love is kind, and I am often not, right? That kind of thing. Like, you don't have to leave that context. You don't have to join a convent, so to speak, to become a saint. I know some days you wish you could, but you don't have to. It's all right there. All the raw material you need to grow in holiness is right there in front of you. It's right in your vocation. It's right in your life. Do you work in a factory? Do you, are you a banker? Do you have a job? Like, that context, like, wherever you happen to be, that is the seedbed. That's the context. That's the environment. Those are the conditions that God has placed into your life to call forth sanctity out of you, heroic holiness. To be a saint, boiling it down, is to receive his love deeply and to share his love generously. In that reading that we have from the book of Revelation, we hear of this multitude in heaven that they've washed their robes clean in the blood of the Lamb. For my money, that's an odd detergent for washing robes. But what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? It means that they have let what flowed out of his wounded and pierced side, they have let that river of life and mercy, they have allowed that to soak in. That's what it means. They've been receptive to the gift receptive to the gift, allowing that river to flow to the lowest parts. Because that's what mercy does. Mercy, mercy flows like a river, and you look at any fluid, it's always looking for the lowest place. To be a saint is to give him access to the lowest places in us, over and over and over again. 
to keep letting him in, to keep inviting him in, to have nothing, no barriers between you and him, to have no places that are off limits. Jesus, I will show you everything. I'll let you into everything. The saints were the ones who were pierced and fled by the merciful love of Jesus. And secondly, saints were the ones who shared his love generously. Right? Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and sets it under a bushel basket. No, you light a lamp and you set it in the middle of the house and it gives light to the whole house. The word he uses there is the Greek word lichnos, which means it's like a handheld lamp. That's who he says you are. You're like this handheld lamp that by the grace of your baptism you've been ignited and the Holy Spirit's trying to fan into flame that light even more throughout the course of your life. And then what Jesus wants to do is he wants to take you and he wants to place you into different settings, into different places. To be receptive, to say, all right, Lord, where do you want me to go today? Upon whom do you want me to shine? Who do you want me to bring hope to? The saints were the ones who woke up every morning and said, Lord, use me today for your glory and for your kingdom. So friends, on the solemnity of all saints, we are reminded not just simply, this is not just like the liturgical 4th of July fireworks show where we're just looking at the saints going, ooh, ah, Therese of Lisieux, that must be great. Being. No, that's not what today is. Today's a recognition, yes, that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, but we too, we too, in the ordinary ways of our lives, are called to sanctity. And that everything we need, everything we need to grow in holiness is right there in front of us. It's right there in front of us. In particular, the word that we've just received and the Eucharist we're about to consume. It's the secret of the saints. Let him in and let him use you. Amen.